Hello and welcome to this special conversations episode of Media Voices, sponsored by Permutive. I'm Esther Keziah Thorpe, and this episode we're going to explore the great privacy reset which is underway at the moment. The tension between advertising and privacy has hit a boiling point in recent years. Invasive tracking across the web and increasingly aggressive ways of building data profiles of consumers has been seen as standard in the industry, with companies racing to get more data than ever about people. But at the same time as awareness has grown about these methods, consumers are pushing back, and we've recently seen initiatives from both regulators demanding better control and fairer use of data, and the platforms themselves putting measures in place to restrict and prevent certain types of tracking. This episode, we're going to hear from experts from across the publishing and advertising industry on where these issues arose from, some of the challenges they face implementing the changes, and how we can all work towards a sustainable advertising ecosystem for the future. But first, a note of thanks to our sponsors, Permutive. They're rebuilding data in programmatic advertising to protect privacy, and are the only audience platform built on patented and privacy-preserving on-device technology. You can find out more about how they enable premium advertisers and publishers to plan, build and activate cohorts in a privacy-first way by visiting permutive.com. As well as hearing from Permutive's founder, Joe Root, we'll also be joined by Jana Meron, who is the Senior VP of Programmatic and Data Strategy at Insider Inc., and Nicholas Flood, who is Future PLC's Global Ad Product and Revenue Operations Director. But before we get into how these publishers are handling the new privacy-first world, we wanted to ask, how did we get into this situation in the first place? Permutive's Joe Root takes us back to 2013, where he could already see that the ecosystem would need rebuilding. What we realised fairly early on, and I suppose back in 2013 it was fairly early, was we realised the general direction of privacy was going to be a really kind of difficult pill to swallow for, for kind of the ad tech ecosystem. And specifically, we saw kind of two problems within ad tech. Um, the first was a problem of consent, that effectively there were all these companies who were tracking everything you were doing online and had no relationship with you. And in light of kind of regulation coming out of Europe, like the GDPR, that seemed like a very unstable foundation for the ecosystem. And then the second piece, which I think we recognized pretty early on, was the way that data was being shared and used was leaking at enormous scale. So that kind of open RTB protocol um, coupled with kind of cookies and identifiers was effectively leaking user data at a scale which, again, regulators were fairly unlikely um, to be massive fans of. And because of that, we kind of made a bet uh, that, that there was a pretty big opportunity in the fact that you were going to need to rebuild ad tech and that traditional ad tech and data businesses were going to become increasingly hard to run. And that actually the new winners in the ecosystem would be first party data owners and specifically what when we looked at it, publishers. Jana Meron has been in charge of the data strategy at Insider for almost a decade. Although she has seen some improvements in the ad industry recently, such as greater transparency and ads.txt, she thinks that publishers need to take some responsibility for the surging consumer demand for privacy. Part of the reason that we are in the situation where we're at now, uh, where consumers are saying, we don't want to be followed around the web, um, is partly our fault. Uh, because we took 
we kind of took advantage of the data that was given to us in the third party cookie and what we were able to do. And we sort of forgot about explaining the value exchange to consumers for advertising. And so, you know, we wound up just pissing a bunch of people off. Publishers may not have helped the situation, but as Joe points out, the way the advertising industry has been operating over the past decade has been geared to devalue the work publishers do right from the start. I think one of the flaws of the first version of ad tech was effectively that you could aggregate all this publisher data. And in some ways, like all publishers were being pulled together and their data was being shared. And that's actually what led to publishers becoming commoditized and their value disappearing. Nick Flood joined Future in August 2020, having previously been the MD of Digital for Dennis Publishing. He's long been an active voice for UK publishers within organisations like the Acceptable Ads Committee, and he believes that recent awareness among the public has been a big driver of the changes that we're seeing happen today. I think um, if, if you look at the wider kind of market, um, a lot of people really don't understand what happens in the ad world, so the, the kind of common person on the street might not kind of get it and, and what happens to their data. I think a lot of it has been exposed through some of the privacy uh, data leaks that some of the big companies have had in, in the past. And when, it, when, a, when a data leak hits the 10 o'clock news, then everyone starts to talk about it. And of course, the introduction of GDPR was a kind of key milestone, I think, in really um, put in privacy at the forefront of kind of uh, consumers' thoughts. Although now I'd say, although people still think about it, you know, the, the consent frameworks are, are there, although I, I question how many people really understand what they're kind of opting into or opting out of. Whether people understand or not, the advertising industry is going to look very different in a few years' time. Google's third-party cookie deadline is just a few months away. And we almost certainly haven't seen the last of regulations like the GDPR and the CCPA. But whatever you think about the changes that are coming in, they are inevitable and long overdue, as Joe Root explains. I think the broader industry, ad tech companies in particular, have maybe been somewhat slow to, to take action here. And I think like if you look at why, like the industry wasn't built for privacy. So this requires a massive re-architecture. I think if you look at kind of large companies like your oracles and your sales forces, they recognize that that privacy is a huge shift in the ecosystem. Like last year, right, regulators really forced Oracle to pull its third party data business out of Europe. Um, but I think for independence, there's still a desire to try and keep things running as they have. So if you look at kind of the way um, consent management platforms are set up today, they somewhat optimize for consent for the ecosystem rather than maybe the transparency the GDPR was hoping for. And similarly, if you look at kind of this push for alternative identifiers um, to replace the cookie in the bid stream, again, that's kind of a desire just to keep things running in the way they have and doesn't represent really any significant re-architecting for privacy. So I think the regulation is unstoppable. Um, Regulation can be slow, right? It can take a couple of years to roll through, but it's an inevitability. And I think you can see that right in the larger companies who aren't um, who aren't as highly leveraged on ad tech. For example, like Google, right? Like ad tech is one part of its business. They've been quite clear that the current changes or, or current industry initiatives like alternative identifiers aren't going to stand up to the regulation. So I think 
ad tech is going to be forced to change over the coming years. That may be a slower shift. It may take three, four years for us to get there, but it will happen and it will ripple through every ecosystem. It's not just going to be web, it will be app, it will be CTV as well. The digital age has been tough on journalism. So building an ecosystem that's fit for the future is very much in the long-term interest of publishers, as Joe points out. Today, programmatic advertising is built on top of fundamental principles which undermine privacy regulation. And if we don't solve those problems, you have an ecosystem which is supporting tens of billion dollars of spend every year into publishers' pockets, um, which will disappear. And that puts the future of um, what we today call the open web or open internet at severe risk. It, it makes kind of journalism or the economics of journalism potentially no longer add up. So I think kind of there's a huge issue in that if we don't solve privacy, actually journalism becomes a very difficult industry and it serves a really vital fundamental role in society. One point it's vital to reinforce before we move on is that it is possible to have a healthy ad ecosystem that both supports publishers and protects consumers from invasive practices. Bob Hoffman is the creator of the popular Ad Contrarian blog and he was recently a speaker at Permutive's 2021 Global Summit. The following is an extract from his keynote, which puts the situation bluntly. There's no reason online advertising can't be viable without spying on us. Advertising has been a profitable and effective business for decades without tracking people and spying on them. Is the free internet reliant on advertising? Yes. Is it reliant on tracking? No. The argument that the tracking lobby is making to thwart changes to surveillance marketing today that the sky will fall and the internet will collapse is the same argument they made against GDPR a few years ago. It was bullshit then and it's bullshit now. Whether we want to look at it as a reset, a reinvention or a re-architecture, it's inevitable that publishing's relationship with ad tech still has some significant challenges to overcome over the next few years. Permutive's Joe Root interacts with a wide range of publishing companies and says he sees a number of the same issues crop up depending on where they all are in their journey. The most common and frequent problem which we hear from publishers is this disintermediation from, from downstream advertisers. So programmatic has effectively kind of pulled them apart from advertisers, whether that's agencies or brands. And because of that, a lot of their inventory is being bought in the open marketplace as cookies disappear. There's a lot of risk in those CPMs and there's a real fear that they need to move out of these, these kind of um, open marketplace environments and into more direct relationships. I think when you move towards kind of publishers who've executed really well on that first strategy and started to build those relationships, almost certainly the number one problem we hear is market education, is that publishers hold the keys for advertisers to, to, to kind of navigate these coming changes around privacy and the loss of cookies and regulation. But not all agencies and brands have the full awareness or fully understand these changes and how publishers can solve those problems. So I think that that kind of second piece of market education definitely kicks in when publishers have restarted to build that healthy business around data. For Jana at Insider, Counteracting these challenges has started with educating advertisers 
and helping them understand what's happening in the landscape. We have a variety of solutions and a lot of it has been about education, uh, helping them understand what's happening in the landscape. And we've been doing this for many years, even before all of this, um, where we would go in and talk about what does a publisher's ad stack look like and what does that mean and how does all of these different pieces work together because I really believe that if each side understands how the other side works, it makes it much easier for us to partner. So their expectations have been set by the industry because we enabled them to do micro-targeting. So I don't think that they have unrealistic expectations, but I think it's very hard to go from precision marketing to probabilistic marketing. But the reality is they were doing probabilistic marketing long before they were doing precision marketing. So it, we, it can be done. Aside from advertiser relationships, there's another relationship which is vital to work on, that of the reader. Futures Nick Flood believes that the main challenge to overcome here is getting the audience to understand the value exchange. But he also thinks this has come quite a way over the past decade. Yeah, I, th I think a lot of it revolves around value exchange. Uh, so I've been talking about a lot about this recently. And I, th I think, you know, with the introduction of ad blocking as a great example, people have got very, very familiar with understanding um, with some of the messaging that, that a lot of publishers start to put up that, you know, this content that you read in isn't kind of free and costs a lot of money to, to produce. I think having a bit of a better communication and, and conversation with your user base uh, in, inspires loyalty actually and drives a lot of loyalty uh, with, with, with customers because they understand that um, yeah, it's not commoditized in, in, in the rounds and that it does cost money to, to produce. So there does need to be a uh, kind of a fee for it and how you are monetized as a user uh, obviously depends on the, on the publisher it could be a data player of course it could be a, a display campaign that you're, you're served or it could be an affiliate link that, that you click on Regulation and consumer pushback has given the industry the opportunity to hit the reset button and as a result there are a huge range of opportunities available for savvy publishers digital ad spenders continuing to grow so fears that regulation will severely hobble innovation and growth seem as yet to be unfounded. Futures Nick Flood feels positive about the opportunity this great privacy reset gives the industry. Uh, so I think uh, if you look at you know, the arc of history and, and kind of where we are, uh, God, how many years since TCF was introduced? Five or six, maybe? It doesn't seem like that long ago, but if you think only 10 years ago, you know, we were still serving GIFs and JPEGs to websites. And look how far the digital ads business has kind of moved on. We're just about to enter or just have entered probably the biggest quarter in, in history for digital ad spends. I, I think there is another 10 years of, of innovation and I'm sure a, a, a rebalance, which makes me feel good about things because there needed to be a rebalance. And I think that started to happen now and will continue to happen over the next couple of years. Insiders Jana Muron also sees a huge opportunity in a great privacy reset, even if it is forced through by regulation. Oh, I think it's a huge opportunity. It's really our opportunity as publishers. It's an opportunity for us to um, take back ownership of our data. And when I say that, I mean it in the way that the 
capabilities of the third-party cookie made it so that it devalued the publisher's data. And so what happens now is that publisher data becomes more and more valuable because the reality is we have the relationship with the consumer. So we really know them quite well. And um, we can serve up content and advertising that is relevant, not creepy, and is you know, enhances their experience on the site and with the advertisers rather than detracts from it. Despite the murky practices of the past decade, Nick Flood believes premium publishers will be the real winners in this new landscape. An oft-cited concern by publishers is the impact of privacy regulations on revenue, but he sees this differently in the long term. If you have a very clear privacy framework, and uh, users opt into it and they, they recognise what they're, they're kind of getting, you've got a better opportunity in the legal rights to, to monetize the user as well. Uh, so we obviously know everything that happened with consent strings and, and you know, is the user consented or not? And in theory, you should be able to, to achieve high yield on open auction for those users as, as buyers look for them. But also, if you think about uh, a premium publisher's first-party strategy, having a user opted in and maybe collecting some PIR on them as well, so email address and various other fields, they're only going to give you that if they, they trust you and they're going to get um, a value exchange for, for, for that information. So that really, I think, puts premium pubs like Future in a, in a much better position because we collect you know, thousands of records a day, undoubtedly, across the, uh, across the business. For some, this shift in spending is already starting. Permutive's Joe Root is beginning to see these positive changes really take effect to the benefit of publishers. I think the thing which gives me conviction that the ecosystem has seen and is moving is last year, we really saw that flight to publisher owned ecosystems really take place. So last year, PMP spend, private marketplace spend overtook open marketplace spend. eMarketer has kind of a great report on that. Um, If you look at the underlying fundamentals of why, it's a flight into publisher owned ecosystems because of the safety they bring, but also because of the data they bring. So in some ways, yes, I think kind of we've seen a shift in spend and ultimately that's what really matters. The more we see this shift, the more important it is that publishers are ready to take advantage of it, but are also remaining flexible. Jana Meron has been building out Insider's first party data strategy for the last three years. And even in that time, the strategy has had to evolve. It started out as really I wanted our our data management platform to be able to help us understand what audiences people were buying when they were buying us programmatically. And the DMPs at the time, it was a very manual process and it wasn't something that we could take on. And, and then we started to think about what else we wanted to do with the data Um, understanding that the data is not necessarily one-to-one data. It's cohort data. You know, these are people who read about technology, go deeper into technology. They read about enterprise tech. They read about their early adopters. They're, right, these are all of the signals that we get based on people's behaviors and actions on the site. And we actually find that those are considerably better than your traditional demographics. And if you think about it, 
if I buy your product and I'm not in your demographic, do you really care? So in practice, what does a good future-proof first-party data strategy look like? Joe Root has some advice from working with a range of publishers. So really at its core, it starts with what do I understand about my audience, which um, is now going to be hard to come across. So for a lot of publishers, that lies in behavioral data and their understanding of the user through that lens. Um, Really understanding what data assets you have, building out the audiences around that. And then I think really critically within that is also understanding how does your audience differentiate itself. Um, So for example, uh, immediate media um, have these really rich audiences around BBC Good Food and Top Gear, which are really hard to find across the rest of the internet. So those audiences deeply differentiate them when they go out to agencies, when they go out to brands. So I think kind of it starts with looking at what data do you have? What are you collecting? And over time, it's about refining that to what really differentiates you versus the rest of the internet. However, even for publishers who have been keeping ahead of developments and building systems and strategies that will withstand the next decade, the hard work isn't over yet. They still have to be able to communicate what sets them apart and why their homegrown audiences are so valuable. So if you go to any premium publisher in the UK, US or anywhere in the world to that to that fact, I think everyone is having these conversations. It's about what makes you unique as a business and how do you kind of cut through because yeah, it's a competitive landscape, of course, and, and as publishers we need to make sure that we have something that, that breaks through and you know, isn't just an audience segment, which everyone can do pretty much these days, but how do you kind of build upon that? And we've got some great examples here in this business with like, the introduction of uh, Aperture, our audience data platform, and some of the amazing stuff we can do around our e-commerce platform, Hawk, and ingesting all that data into the into the targetable criteria. So it really kind of sets ourselves apart um, from, from other pubs. Joe Root also believes that publishers are well-placed to take advantage of these changes. He's identified the growing private marketplaces as a huge potential area of opportunity for publishers to earn money. Today, globally, or, or in kind of key European and US markets, today about $14 billion of spend flows through the open marketplace through these ad tech-owned ecosystems, and about $19 billion flows through private marketplaces, through publisher-owned ecosystems. And that's been a huge shift. Those publisher-owned ecosystems have grown 100x. PMP spend has grown 100x over the last nine years. Now, the opportunity for publishers is those publisher-owned ecosystems, that private marketplace ecosystem, is growing very quickly, and it's also replacing open marketplace spend. So over the next few years, you sum those up alongside growth, and there's $30, $40 billion of ad spend, which is likely to flow through publisher-owned ecosystems. And that's an enormous opportunity for publishers because that exists in a world where actually they're the primary ones making money in that ecosystem, and that supply chain is much cleaner. So I think for publishers, there's the opportunity to take control and to actually re-establish themselves and make digital work. Over at Insider, Jana Meron has wasted no time taking advantage of these opportunities. Last year, they launched Saga, an audience data platform which uses behavioural data of readers on their sites to build audience segments, without the need for personally identifiable information. She explained a little more about some of the work her team is doing. I mean, I'm super excited about the tests we're doing around putting 
some data into bid requests uh, via deal ID. I'm super excited about some of the targeting options that we now have that give people something that's very unique to market, like our Saga Surround product, which gives somebody the ability to do 100% share of page takeover on a particular topic or the audience of that topic. That's a really unique offering and something that um, is taking off and, and I'm very excited to see grow. Saga may not be using identifiable information, but Insider is certainly seeing results on both the advertiser and consumer sides. It's really powerful. We are seeing significant engagement improvements and we have, you know, we've grown revenue uh, on first party data by 200% this year. And I know, you know, a lot of times that's the law of small numbers, but actually it's not such a small, it wasn't such a small number to grow it by 200%. And then, you know, we have 19 out of our top 20 advertisers are using Saga, using the data continuously. We have a very high renewal rate. So it works. It really does. Um, it just takes a lot of education and patience. Future also have a shiny new audience data platform, which they launched just a few months ago. Nick Flood explains more. Yeah, so um, we just launched Aperture, uh, which is our kind of uh, our global first-party audience uh, data platform. So really excited to, to kind of spearhead that project and kind of get over the line. And for the first time, uh, we are bringing together all of Future's assets, both on the B two B B two C side and, and other areas of the business, to, to to make it available to our clients, so agencies or, or advertisers, to really access the, the level of depth and, and insight on our on our user base that they've not been able to do before. Because at the end of the day, when when cookies and it is just third party cookies being deprecated from from Chrome, you're still going to have loads of targeting capabilities, and it's those publishers with the best first party data offerings. Uh, I think are going to be the ones that really stand out with the agencies who may be starting to pull away from some of the open auction spends that they might have been particularly uh, used to doing. So for publishers looking to take advantage of these opportunities, where on earth do they start? We asked each of our experts what they would advise publishers to do, whether they're at the start of preparing their strategies or have established platforms. Joe Root has plenty of advice, from relationship building to aligning your sales teams around this new world. Really, it starts with building relationships with, with advertising agencies, but most importantly, being able to serve the needs which those organisations have. And publishers have the building blocks for this, right? Um, programmatic advertising is driven um, off the back of data. So having a strong first party data strategy is really key within there. Also being able to articulate um, the safety and the cleanliness of my environment. So publishers are typically very low in terms of fraudulent traffic. Uh, publishers typically have very strong brand safety and viewability. So I think really pulling together what differentiates you as a publisher and being able to tell that story becomes a starting point. And I think kind of to support that, you need a first party data strategy in place. You also need a sales organization who's aligned around that. There needs to be a recognition that first party data is now your most valuable asset. And it's imperative that you set yourself up with the tools 
um, to safeguard that data, to safeguard that value, to ensure that you retain ownership and control over that data. And the reason why is that first party data is very quickly and rapidly becoming the new currency for, for advertising or digital advertising. And the choices that you as a publisher make now are going to really mean the difference between solving for today's problem versus solving for the much bigger problem which is coming our way over the next few years. Futures Nick Flood is also a big believer in collaboration, especially when it comes to choosing which tools to use and how to implement them. Here's his advice for publishers looking to make the most of the great privacy reset. Don't do it alone. <laughs> um, it's, it's, a, it's a complex world. Uh, so talk to your peers. And uh, what I've found uh, particularly heartening is that everyone's in the same boat, actually, and everyone wants to learn and, and do the best thing for, for their users and, and business. And absolutely every publisher I've ever spoken to has been absolutely up for providing guidance or learnings or, or what have you. So definitely chat to your uh, trade bodies or um, or your or your rivals, to that matter, because, you know, believe it or not, they've been in exactly the same position that you are. Value is a common theme which has come up across all three interviews. For her piece of advice, Insider's Jana Meron believes that long-term success starts with focusing on your audience. Figure out what the value is to the consumer and focus on that. And build your strategies off of what's resonating with your consumers. She also had some advice for publishers when it comes to choosing technology partners, which applies universally whatever the solution. I think they have to look for people who are willing to educate them, uh, who are willing to help them train their entire staff, because what we do know about an undertaking of this sort is that it requires buy-in from every piece of the organization. Uh, And so they're going to need to help you educate your organization. Um, And... You want somebody who's thinking about not only what you can do today, but what you want to be able to do in the future. That's unfortunately all we have time for this episode. But a huge thanks to Jana Meron from Insider, Nick Flood from Future, and Joe Root from Permutive for talking to us about the Great Privacy Reset and what they're doing to prepare their respective organisations. Thanks as well to Permutive for sponsoring this episode. They are rebuilding data in programmatic advertising to protect privacy, and is the only audience platform built on patented and privacy-preserving on-device technology. They enable premium advertisers and publishers to plan, build and activate cohorts, all while keeping everyone's data safe. You can learn more about their work, case studies and resources and more at permutive.com. We'll be back next Monday with another episode of the Media Voices podcast, featuring our signature news roundup and an interview with a leading media industry figure. To find out more about us, our daily newsletter and our other episodes, you can see our website, voices.media, or follow us on Twitter, at Media Voices Pod. Until next week, goodbye.